Hello and welcome to the Screenplay Writers Podcast. We are the Screenplay Writers. Hello there, welcome to episode 65 of the Screenplay Writers Podcast, the only podcast by, for, and about screenplay writers and screenplays. We are your hosts, I'm Ryan. What's up, Nathan here. And we are thrilled to be with you on another fall day, talking about screenplays and how to make them and write them and get them produced and get uh, hit screenplays on paper and out the door. That's what we specialize in. That's what we've been doing for years. We've written dozens and dozens and dozens ourselves. Um, seven or eight dozen each, I would say. Maybe eight dozen for me, six dozen for Nathan. But anyway, Whatever. we've got it lots. Really matter, the, numbers. the numbers aren't are a bit important to us, but not that important. <laughs> today we're talking about, unfortunately, we're talking about rejection today because it's something that screenplay writers have to deal with on a weekly, maybe maybe monthly basis. Uh, rejection, you know, not everything you write, believe it or not, is going to be a smash hit. Uh, it's something definitely that Nathan and I have experienced. Um, you know, not every word we've written has been taken perfectly well by the reader. And uh, not everything you write gets produced as quickly as you want it to. Sometimes it takes another couple of years to get something produced and, and developed and seen on screen. But, you know, and it's the process that's rewarding in its own right. Yeah. Should we talk a little bit about what's spurring this? Yeah, go for it. Well, the decision was made of who's going to be the new manager for Steam Engine Coffee yesterday. Yeah, and, Nathan uh, and I were both released. going for, both well, going for the, the manager board. position. Yeah, we were both... We both applied for it and interviewed. And shockingly, it went to Ben. Yeah, it went to Ben. Went who to doesn't ben. even work at this location. They're transferring him from the downtown one. Yeah, and to add insult to injury, uh, we didn't even get assistant manager, which <laughs> oh. went to Marissa, uh, who, who I didn't even know. She works 10 hours a week. She works 10 hours a week. She's effective at those 10 hours. Mm, she's really awesome, um, actually. She's Great worker, we great love you, worker. Marissa. I would place well her. We yeah. didn't want assistant, anyways. Why we didn't, didn't? Yeah, we didn't want assistant. We wanted manager, both of us. But um, we should have been co-managers. Co-managers would have been good. Well, my theory here is that we almost uh, are victims of our own skill and success Hubris. because um, <laughs> no skill because. We're almost a little bit too effective at what we do, which is roasting beans and making espressos and, and selling coffee ice drinks cream sandwiches and under selling the selling ice cream sandwiches. We're too, we're too good at that. They didn't want to take us away from this. Is my theory uh, take us away from those roles where we're generally generating lots of revenue. We're effective at making those things happen: making coffee, steaming steaming milk handing out drinks when we make it an espresso drink or a coffee drink and someone goes and sits down and there's not a big huge lineup of 10 other coffee coffees to make i carry the drink right to their desk and so does nathan i don't just set it on the table and then talk to the other baristas because that's well i, I will say that sometimes there's other tasks that need to be done and the customers aren't aware of 
even if it doesn't look like, even if there's not a huge line of drinks, it's like maybe you need to yeah. do X thing, and you know For what me, I mean? what I learned at Kensington Coffee School and that I believe myself is customer's number one. Mm-hmm. Customer's number one. And if a customer orders a coffee, I want the coffee drinking experience for the co- customer to be number one. So if I make a drink for that customer, I'm going to carry it out to their table. Mm-hmm. You know, a bit of an eight-second rule I've got. If a task takes eight seconds, I can take the time. Yeah, that's and, fair. Uh, you get the exercise on the way there. You get some steps in. Yeah. You get some steps in up to your 10,000 goal. My goal is 12,000 steps a day. And 500 for me. 500, Nathan. You sometimes accomplish that too, and that's really good for you. Proud of you. But dealing with rejection is not easy for some. Nathan and I, fortunately, rolls off the back of our neck because we're so, well, we're so experienced in in receiving rejection. Exactly. We have other, uh, what what would you call it? Pots on the oven. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, we're not worried about it. This Every rejection we get is another uh, pile, another leaf in the it's going to happen pile, which is a big pile that we both have that uh, of stuff that's going to happen. So if it's a rejection, that just means that some other stuff is going to happen in the future. That didn't make, come out like it making a lot of sense, but makes sense to us when we get a that's rejection. What I, that's what's important. Yeah, that's what's important. When we get a rejection, we think, that's fine. The next one's going to happen even faster then. And it typically hasn't yet, but we expect it to start. Exactly. So we wish Ben and Marissa all the very best. We're going to support you 110%. We, you know, we just might as well say it. We did get a call from Firehall. Uh, coffee uh, just after this announcement went went out on coffeevancouvermagazine.ca wondering why we left a bunch of our merch and the uh, employee cubbies yeah exactly and so Firehall has offered us uh, associate assistant managerial <clears throat> positions Trainee. for for trainees which we are considering strongly you know that would be in addition to our our roasting and brewing duties they said but they wanted to acknowledge our our talent in the industry i guess i'm guessing and just give us that recognition of those titles we're open to it they also of course did uh, want to i think they want to get their hands on the ice cream sandwiches oh absolutely the vegan yeah. ice cream sandwiches and and we bring a lot of business just on our ice cream sandwich screenplay workshop night you know that's a lot of people drinking coffees yeah that's a lot of people drinking coffees of course most of those are brought from other locations and like starbucks and stuff, yeah people do bring in their own coffee that is, night but telling people please don't please do that, don't do that and we're hoping soon they will start to buy coffee yeah. at the shop we're actually at it seems like they must really hate the coffee at steam engine because why would they go to the trouble of stopping getting a to-go cup and then bringing it to another coffee shop a uh, part of me thinks it's because they think they're going to work to make these ice cream sandwiches <laughs> they, they don't want to be spending money so <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair it is enough. It's true. It is. Yeah. It, it We're is, asking them to we, work on these things. <laughs> we've given them all shares in the business. We're not able to pay at this juncture, but we've given them shares in the ice cream sandwich business. 
And we expect that to pay off dividends in the near future. Nathan and I are we're just investing all the revenue we get from that business back into the business to buy biscuits, to buy almond milk, to buy coconut milk and sugar to make these ice cream sandwiches. I'm not going to give you all the ingredients, but it's biscuits, ice creams, it's uh, almond milk, sugar, vanilla, and that's most of the ingredients, but it's the proportions that's important. I guess it is like probably they also too don't want to be face to face with any of the other steam engine staff because we are yeah. essentially putting up a big tarp around one area of the coffee shop and kind yeah. of keeping it secretive for them yes. to continue to do keep not making come them. in here. Do yeah. not come in here. Yeah. So. yeah. No, absolutely. Fair enough. Good for steam engine. Good for Marissa and Ben. I wish you all the very best in your future endeavors. Probably may not, may not see you again. Just just to let you know, but all good. <laughs> All good. Good for you guys. Would have given it to us, but that's fine. Yeah. And that's pretty much rejection, hey? That's rejection in a nutshell. Uh, that's how you take it. You, you take it like an adult. You take it like a mature individual. 18 plus. 18 plus only. NC-17 rejection. That's what re- the label rejection gets. If you're under 17, you can take it however you want. You know, you can tantrum it. You can go nuts but when you're in 17 plus 18 plus you got to take it with grains of salt nathan and i've taken lots of rejection we know we will continue to and that's why we're so good at it of course let's do script surgery scalpel dialogue character development jokes plot points cliffhangers so script surgery is where we take an existing screenplay We take a red pen to it and just scratch it all up, make it better. That's right. Today on Script Surgery, we are going to give some notes to the screenplay The Nun, which is out right now, The Mm -hmm. Nun. Speaking of rejection, you know, Script Surgery is where we've helped develop a bit of a thick skin in terms of receiving rejection because Nathan and I... We do script surgery on each other's screenplays. We we are just focused on the idea of making things better, whether it's our screenplay or not. Now, with The Nun, Nathan, what was your first take on this one when you read this screenplay? I thought, what is this going to be about? Because like we talked about last episode, right? not a very specific title, but that being said, loved it. Perfect movie. 10 out of 10. My sentiment exactly. Uh, This screenplay, you know, I wasn't sure if it was an ironic title. Is it actually about a nun? Is this like a Mark Wahlberg type of comedy situation where, you know, it's not actually about a nun? Or maybe it is about a nun, but the nun's a a comedian or it's somebody dressing up as a nun. Totally. Totally could see a Mark Wahlberg. This is... Yeah, movie where he has to be a nun. This one screened Wahlberg, and actually I thought this was a Wahlberg screenplay when I sat down to watch it. I had forgotten that I had read this screenplay ten times uh, a year and a half ago. We showed up in uh, nun costumes and Mark Wahlberg masks, thinking that we were cosplaying for yeah. a big premiere. That's what we do with Needless Wahlberg two pictures. Weeks after opening, and we yeah. were sorely mistaken. Yeah. Yeah, it's what we do with Wahlberg Pictures. We show up as Wahlberg, uh, dressed as one of the characters from the from the script, and uh, didn't really wasn't really appropriate for this one. But uh, ultimately, this screenplay 
was perfect. Yeah, it was a banger. No edits. It was a banger. Fantastic dialogue. Great tension. Great uh, great building. Great great drama. Bit of a thriller. Bit of a scary one. Dramatic thriller horror. A uh, bit of a horror driller. And um, but ultimately it worked. Boy, it worked. I was scared. Terrified. Terrified. Let's do Logland Cage Match. Logline cage match. That's where we pitch each other ideas, loglines, short ideas for movies, and we give each other no-holds-barred feedback, simulating a real Hollywood pitch session. With logline cage match today, I'm going to pitch one. This idea germinated last week while we were just chatting through some stuff, as often happens for Nathan and I. It's part of the process. You just chit-chat, and ideas just come out of your mouth, and you don't always know their ideas but often Nathan and I do now we're just attuned to that we're attuned to listening to ourselves talk and thinking that hey that's an idea that's an idea let's write it down let's whiteboard it let's brainstorm it so that's what we did that's what I did with this one it's called worlds collide earth scientists detect a planet entering our solar system very rapidly and figure out that it's on a crash course for Earth. They tell all people on Earth to get on one side of the planet because the other side is going to get smashed by this Earth, this other world that's going to collide. So everybody does, everybody crowds into North and South America, bit of a party, and then this other planet collides into Earth jarring people pretty good you could feel it and a bunch of the people get thrown off earth onto the other world colliding meanwhile the people on that planet who are aliens alien like jump off and get onto our planet so it's two planets collide and people get mixed up onto both planets and then you're left with two planets with a similar diversity of earthlings and non-earthlings I could see this being a seven-part yeah. series with a bunch of sequels. This is just how does this civilizations, two civilizations, get to know each other over the over the course of many generations? Totally an epic saga. Bingo! Actually, I might. Yeah, epic saga. I like that. The saga continues. I'm thinking for a tagline mm-hmm. for for sequel. For sequels like two to six. Two to six. Be. Yeah, and the then saga the continues. Seven could be. The, the Sega ends. ends. Yeah, bingo. I think we're on to something here. This is a great idea, and maybe, maybe I know we didn't get to be co-managers, but maybe we could be co-managers of this. Saga. I like it. Let's do that. Co-managers of Worlds Collide, Part 1. Let's start writing it. Worlds Collide, Part 1, Crash of the Worlds. Well, that brings us to the end of another episode of the Screenplay Writers Podcast. Yes, we didn't get the managerial role, but guess what? That leaves us more time to work on screenplays, get your private direct messages and private emails, respond to all of them, you know, uh, with all our insights and opinions. If you have any messages, please reach out. And it's great to be here always, and we will see you next week. As always, keep your dialogue snappy. Always keep writing.